You're listening to TopCast, this old pinball's online radio. For more information, visit them anytime, www.marvin3m.com slash TopCast. Hey, welcome to another episode of Podcast. Today, we're today we're coming from the department of three big dummies. <laughs> Take the three stooges. You know this is like the, this is like uh, like the cheapest radio program I've ever been at. We are sharing. Two guys are sharing one headphone and one microphone. <laughs> I feel like John Jingle after a stroke talking out of the side of my mouth. <laughs> Say hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. <laughs> okay, so today we have the genuine three dummies with us. We've got, of course, me, I'm Shaggy, and we've got Norm. Say hello, Norm. Norm. Um, hello. Yeah, and we've got, of course, we've got Eric A. is joining us again because he had so much fun last time. Say hello, Eric. Oh, my God, this is even better than last time. <laughs> All right. No, it is not. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, he's waving on the webcam. I'm waving on the webcam. That's Norm hey, waving. Hey, how are you doing there? Yeah, if, All the 37 and a half people that are watching right <laughs> yeah. now. If anybody cares, Norm is on the webcam. He's in the green shirt, and Eric's in the orange shirt. So, or is it the other way around? I, I always forget. So, but anyways, orange is a good color, huh? But he's it's a tiger shirt, so uh, that's he's got that going for him. It's gonna be a two-hour show, right? Okay, so what's up first, guys? Time for Play of the Week. Okay, it's time to call Trent up and uh, get him on the horn and see what this week's Play of the Week is, what game he has in store for us this week to make us a better pinball player. Let's give him a call right now. Is this Trent, Mr. Um, Second place in the entire world of professional pinball players, Augustine? Yep, that's me. Tell me about Trent's play of the week. Well, I was thinking about covering Mars God of War. Are you familiar with this game? It's a Gottlieb. Yeah, it's a Gottlieb System 80. Yes, I am. I believe 19- it's a wide body as well. Yes, it's a good game, too. It is, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun to play. Uh, the most important thing to remember is don't ever open the back box. Because the back, the fans light, the back glass will immediately burst into pieces. Why? Uh, second most thing to remember is to uh, shoot down the drop target. Wait, wait, wait. Why would the back glass open up and what? break? Why would the back glass open up and break? Well, I don't know. That's what happened. What? You mean it happened to you? Poor design, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's impossible to get into the back of the game because of the back glass configuration. Okay, why? Is it different than, say, Black Hole? I think Black Hole is attached to the head, or is attached to the door, right? Right, right, it's hinged. Well, that's not that way. Oh. Yeah, okay. you know, the door opens, and then you got to figure out how to get the back glass out of the game to get to the board. Okay, and what's the next thing i got to remember? It's different, and it sucks. Okay. So anyway, and- yeah, that's the most important thing. Never, ever open up the head. Okay. And what about the gameplay? The gameplay is actually pretty cool. Uh, I believe it has a double flipper on both sides, which is actually kind of neat. Uh, there's no real purpose uh, to the flipper on the right side, but the upper flipper on the left side, you can use it to make the uh, right cup much easier. 
Uh, basically, there's a forward bank drop target right in front in the middle of the play field, and there's a four bank drop target way up on the right-hand side. Uh, so goal number one is uh, the rollovers at the top of the Mars, M-A-R-S, and they also light up a pot bumper. Now, the interesting thing is the right flipper button not only moves the rollover that you want to get, but it also changes which pot bumper is lit. And the lit pot bumper is worth a 1,000 points. You can try to move the pop bumper around to uh, to try to get the ball to be hitting it most of the time. The lit one, which I generally ignored because I thought it was more important to try and get the Mars letters. So I tried to get the unlit Mars letters or the lit Mars letters over top of what I needed. So is that like a lane change? It's a lane change. And so, if you spell Mars, your multiplier goes up. Multiplier is very, very important in the game because the bonus is worth quite a bit. You can get the bonus build up to 29,000 or 29. And then, of course, if you get it up to five times, it's 155 million or something. Odd like that. But anyway, you can also advance the multiplier by shooting a shot up at the upper right-hand corner, which you can either kind of shoot it straight up there with the very tip of the right flipper, or you can get lucky to have a bounce up there, backhanded or something like that. Or you can shoot the ramp when the ramp is down, which the ramp is down when the cups are lit or the ramp is down uh, after it goes through the right in lane, which it doesn't do very often. But in general, I ignore that. I try to get the multiplier up as high as possible. The ramp is also a hard shot, especially if you've got flippers. Hmm. So anyway, get the multiplier up. If you knock down the set of bank uh, drop targets in the front, the left cup is lit. If you knock down the bank of the right targets in the upper right-hand corner, the right cup is lit. Once you get a cup lit, you can lock a ball in there. It gives you another ball. You can either... Shoot it up the ramp to release the ball, lock ball, or you can try to lock the other ball and get a three-ball multi-ball thing going. When you once say you get that, you know the scores are doubled and tripled. It really adds up on this game. When you say cup, you mean uh, kick-out hole, right? It's a kick-out hole. Yeah, that's where the locks are. That's the whole that's the whole point of the game. Those balls lock and, and get them kicked out, so you can start scoring points. And that's it. Yeah, it's not a very complicated game, but it's challenging. Challenging to do those things. The uh, left cup on the left side is kind of tough to shoot, and if you miss it, the ball very easily could roll down the middle. Uh, the one on the right side, easier to shoot from that upper left-hand flipper, and uh, and then you can play two balls if you don't want to try going for the third line. And it's also kind of dangerous to shoot those four-drop targets in front. I try to shoot them with the uh, upper upper left flipper. Less dangerous that way. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting... You know, get your multiplier maxed out, which is pretty easy to do. It also has this kind of neat feature where every time you shoot down a drop target, uh, one of the inserts for the spinner will light up. And then if you shoot the spinner, it'll collect those inserts one at a time and add them to your bonus, which I've never seen anything new before. It's kind of a neat feature. You don't pay too much attention to it, but because it's really easy to max out the bonus, but that happens. All right, well, I guess that's Trent's play of the week. Mars yeah, got a war. Exciting. The game is more exciting than the explanation, but it's a lot of fun. It is, okay. And, and remember, don't take that back glass out. Yeah, you mentioned that. I um, Whatever. Okay. I guess I've never opened one up before, so I'll go try that right now. You should do that. I think there's another game that does that as well, but I can't remember what it is. Hmm. Okay, well, thanks, Trent. Hey, no problem. That was our play of the week. I, I don't know what he was talking about. You know, if the, those little plastic tabs aren't there, you're, you're not going to have a too good of a result with the glass staying in. Okay. All right, well, next we're going to run our Tech Tips of the Week. And now it's time for... 
tech tip of the week. All right, so my tech tips, I had two, I've got two pretty good ones that are, are kind of quite strange. So a while ago I was working on a Phoenix, um, it's like a System 3, a Williams System 3, uh, Williams Phoenix. It's three or four or something like that, somewhere around then in the late 70s. And this lady had me come over and I replaced the interconnector going between the, the CPU and the driver board and, you know, did a bunch of the standard upgrades and got that game all working. It was working real nice and she was real happy. So that was maybe two months ago. And then I got a call from her a couple weeks ago and she said, you know, the Phoenix isn't working. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I went through that game. It's got to be something really goofy. She says, it won't kick the ball out. Whenever people say it won't kick the ball out, it usually means the game isn't even turning on. They just, you know, it's not booting. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a bad fuse or something. So I make an appointment for with her, and I go over there. And, you know, I look at the game. I don't even turn it on. I just open up the back box. And I open up the back box and swing the insert panel, because it's hinged, out. And immediately I see exactly what the problem is. Do you have any ideas? I'll just give you guys a, a guess. What Do you have any guesses there, Norm or Eric, what, what it might be? Uh, mouse nest. I must have told you this story before because there was a mouse nest in the back box. I mean, a huge mouse nest. So this mouse is in this basement, a nice home, crawled up the pinball leg, through one of the bottom vent holes, into the lower cabinet, up through the back, through the neck, and into the back box. And he dragged about a six-inch ball of, like, Owens fiber pink uh, insulation into the back box. And then he started chewing on the wood on the insert panel, and he tore up all the little um, pieces of paper where the, um, you know, it says, like, the dip switch settings and, you know, stuff like that. Chewed, balled that all up and made a beautiful little home inside the game. And there was a whole pile of mouse crap, too. You know, the funny thing with mice is that you won't have fiberglass insulation for, like, 600 miles, yet you'll find it wherever they've been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, because they, I don't know, they love this stuff or something. I don't know what's So I there. guess pretty good, eh? I think I told you this story. He's a genius. He yeah. didn't tell him. Yeah, he's a genius. I'm so. omnipotent. <laughs> Is that more than potent? It's like high potency. <laughs> high test. So I cleaned out, she gave me some rubber gloves, thank you very much, cleaned out the mouse nest, she got out a vacuum cleaner, cleaned it all out, uh, I checked all the fuses and basically, and then plugged the game in, because it wasn't plugged in for some reason, and turned it on and sure enough it worked fine. So I don't really know what the mouse was doing in there, but he was doing something nasty. Trying to create a life for himself <laughs> and make a family. Okay, so maybe that so was... We should just... talk about vermin in games. I've only had... Uh... Things, droppings in my haunted house. That's the only game that I've ever found anything. How about you? Well, I found the mud remain nest of something in a black hole I just did. Yeah, the, the, the mud dapper wasp things. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you take a, a spatula to it and try to get all the smell out of there with the bleach and Febreze and nothing works. So that's when you sell the game. Eric sold it to his mother. <laughs> One of my favorite stories was uh, E.M. Dave. He he had a game, and there was a dead cat in it, and it had become, like, dried out. And he, first, he wasn't sure what it was. He took a screwdriver, and he put it into it and pulled out a dead cat that had been mummified. You know, all the liquid had been gone. So it was this mummified cat inside of a game. And, of course, he sold it. <laughs> Boy, he sold the cat or the game? Game. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, I thought that was a good one. Okay, now, now I'll give you a real tech tip. Okay, this was a Williams System 11 game. It was a Joker's. In the insert panel, general illumination was not working. Okay, so what 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 do you think that might be, Eric? Burn header. Yeah, and the connectors, believe it or not, because there's like a, an interconnect board that the GI comes up into, and then it goes off to somewhere else, and there's there's like, a, you know, a million connectors all over the place. It was not a burnt connector anywhere. What, uh, any other ideas? Blown fuse. No, it wasn't a blown fuse either, because I checked those. Oh. Oh. Uh. Why is it from a loose? No, what it was is on the inside of the insert panel, they have a little, uh, like a, a little board with a, a fuse mounted on it so that they can programmatically turn the insert panel GI on and off kind of like an effect. You know, by the, the fuses, when the fuse isn't activated, um, the GI's on, but when the fuse pulls, or the fuse, when the relay, yeah, when the relay isn't activated, the, um, you know, the relay is unenergized, the GI powers on, but when the relay pulls in, the GI turns off. Uh, so they can turn the relay on and off to, you know, flash the, the GI. And what had happened is, is there was a little zero ohm jumper on that fuse board because that fuse board is like a single sided printed circuit board. So if they need to go, um, over the top of a trace, they put a, like a jumper on the other side of the board. And the reason why they use these zero ohm jumpers instead of, say, a piece of wire is because they have a machine that actually picks up the components off a, like a long string of components and then, you know, automatically inserts them into the board. And what happens is, is that the, these zero-ohm jumpers, they look like resistors, but they're, they're really not. They're really just a jumper, but they, they go bad inside. They, they go open, and that's what happened. It had gone open so that the, 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 uh, the GI power, which with the return, which is shut on and off through the relay, uh, just wasn't making it back, so it never turned on and off. Because there's only a certain number of watts they can handle, right? Right. So what do you replace those 44 bulbs with? 47s? There you go. Was that a trick question? No, that was just another reason to replace them. Huh. And I used a piece of wire for the jumper. Why are you doing that, Norm? Norm's being disgusting. He's... Norm, what's your tech tip of the week? Um, always use Novus on a play field. <laughs> okay, all right. Just Eric. on the play field? Just on a play field. <laughs> okay. All right, now, Eric, you got a, you got a tech tip, right? Yeah, I was working on a Data East Batman yesterday. Whew. Had no display. Uh, the small, and this is the, the 16 by 128 display, the small dot matrix that's no longer available. Right. Right. Well, you can get them from pin LED. Right, for a million dollars. No, 1.2 million. Anyway, <laughs> so you had no controlled lamps, no flashers, you know, everything was out. So we checked the voltages coming off the power supply, and everything was there except the 12 volts. And the game was booting? The game was booting and playing. Okay, so no what display, do? though. So we tracked back in the circuit and found where our rectifier is on the back box that's actually mounted to the back plane. Right. And the fuse was blown. So we replaced the fuse, and the fuse was blown <laughs> real quick. So we disconnected everything on the outgoing side to make sure we had nothing loading it down. And uh, once we figured out that we had nothing loading the bridge rectifier down, it was still blowing the fuse, drawing like a million amps, 
we decided that maybe we had a bad bridge. So then we took our meter, put it on diode setting, and followed Marvin's repair guide. Mm, not Marvin. What I'm a guy. telling you. And determined that we had a shorted side on the bridge rectifier. So you put a new bridge in and everything was happy? Everything was happy. Mm, very nice. Very nice. That's good. I just turned 50. I had to see my proctologist and got my uh, rectum fied, too. Did you ever have that done? <laughs> I don't know if you call it rectified, but I'll tell you what, I'm never going to see that doctor again. Tech tip of the week. All right, that was tech tip of the week, and thank you, Norm. That was most interesting. Now, well, actually, Norm was the only person that liked this uh, that we did last time, so we're doing it again. It's time for Mort's Weekend Update, the week's news in pinball. Mort is back. Good old Mort is back. Well, we've shortened him up a little bit. We don't let him ramble on quite as much because we know how much everybody loves Mort. So I'd like to introduce Mort with this week's news in pinball. Hello, this is Mort, and I'm here again to talk to you about pinball because I know so much about pinball, and I get to be able to talk to you. And it's very nice that he's shaggy and Norm. Now, I want to say something about the Norm fellow. You know, every time I listen, to him, he hasn't been on there that much. But I, when I do listen, and he he's on there. That's when it's very good. It's a very good show. And thank I'd like you. to say thank you, Norm, because thank I you. know you're sitting there right now. been saying very nice things about me. Yeah, that's uh, thank you, too. And, uh, you know, I really like you. You're you're a very humble person, and you're very uh, nice. And uh, my ten seconds and are a lot over. Of people have said a lot of nasty things about me on the Internet. That's not very nice. They think I'm somebody else. They think I'm crazy or something. I'm not crazy. I just talk like this. this is not, it's not their fault, you know. It's not, it's not my fault. I'm just trying to do my thing, you know, talk about pinball. I think that was your mother's fault why you talked like that, and possibly your father who used to beat you. Like a horse. He used to beat you with the... Well, we got to talk about something for real. That's something important. There hasn't been much happening. I did go to the Texas show, and for some reason, Shaggy didn't let me talk about the Texas show, because I had a whole thing. I knew everything there was to know. I saw that whole thing. I even told Gene Cunningham where to sit. I even put the chair right there for him. He said, sit right here. You can sit right here, and you can talk, and we'll do that. And that's exactly what he did. He sat right there in that chair I gave him, and he talked. And that was how it went. Yeah, and Gene was giving away free Bing Bang bars. I took four of them home, sold them for $28,000 a piece. That's the truth. And it was a very good show. I liked it very much. They, they were very, very nice to me. They came over to me and they said, hello, Mort. And these people said hello to me. They didn't even know who I was. Some people knew who I was. And they, and they said hello. And it was very nice. People were very, very, they were very nice in Texas. And I'm going to go back there again sometime whenever they have a nice show like that again. So, so that's what I want to tell you about the show. Oh, quit hitting me. Quit hitting me. Quit hitting me. Thank you for having me on the show again. And that's, that's all I got to say for today. So long from Mort's Weekend Update. So next up, next up. And now it's time for everyone's favorite. Game of the week. Sweet Adeline, it's a wood rail, and uh, there'll be pictures of it coming up on the webcam. Godly, 1955, Sweet Adeline. The thing that's kind of interesting about Sweet Adeline... It's like a bingo. Yeah, it has a like bingo card in the back glass. And the, the thing that makes that kind of unusual is that 
David Gottlieb, if he if he was paying attention, would have crapped a small little blue football if he had known that Roy Parker and Wayne Nyans had snuck this bingo card into the back class because the he was totally anti-gambling and didn't want to have anything to do with with anything that was gambling and bingo was of course considered gambling. Now the um, the girl on it, it's got a nice little girl. She's at an adding machine, and that's where those numbers come up and they relate to playfield features. Now they also have a real the, the girl actually on the playfield is way more attractive than the girl in the back class. She has no hands. And I, yeah, well, because Roy Parker didn't like to draw hands, so he would often you know, hide the hands. But this is a rollover game, meaning that you have to try and the object is to try and go over all the rollovers. If you can get every rollover rollovered every rollover rollovered you will win up to 26 credits and it knocks them off it sounds like a machine gun when the thing goes off it's just a rat as it's knocking off the credits now you can also if you don't get all the rollovers all 16 rollovers 16 is it 16 it might be more i can't i can't remember but 16 rollovers within your five balls you can also light the center gobble hole for some specials, and it'll light up. Uh, one arrow will give you one replay. Three arrows will give you three replays. But overall, it's a pretty fun game. And here we are, uh, like playing the game, and you can see that it's it's a pretty snappy game. I mean, I, I've got mine set up pretty fast. Norm Norm doesn't like it when I set him up like this. No, it uh, doesn't make any sense. And how are people going to see this on the internet when they download this? They're not. They're not. That's why. That's why you're supposed to play. You got you know, the half the viewing off. Uh, people are right now at your studio. How how is anyone gonna? <laughs> the audience. Sorry, half the audience is sitting here in this sitting room. here in this room, and there are three other people somewhere else. And here you can see I'm playing multi-ball because I'm so impatient. I launched all five balls at once because you can do that on the old manual ball load games. That's the only reason why I play EMs. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't take these games and bastardize them. This is not appropriate. They are what they are. You know, we're going to make this wood rail tape. They're all going to be hopped up. And then he's not going to let me put my ending attribute to a place that I made where I played these wood rails. Because everything has to be in terms of 90 steroid okay, juiced wait, up machines. Wait, now, wait. It's showing right here. I'm showing on the webcam that I got one arrow lit, two arrow, three arrows lit in the special area because I'm going over different rollovers. I got almost all, I got two more arrows lit, and I'll have them all lit for the big 26 replays, and you'll hear it knock it off on the, uh, on the web, on the, uh, webcam. Knocked off all the credits when I got all those, all the arrows lit. But anyways, that's our game of the week. Talk about my stuff. We were gonna do something about, uh, moving games once you buy it. You know, everybody's bought a game, haven't you? Some people have bought way too many. Way too many. But it, it takes experience to go ahead and, uh, and uh, you know, get these games. I remember the first time you buy a game, you didn't know how to disassemble, disassemble it or do anything, did you, Eric? Never. So you got to, you know, it takes experience to go ahead and do this. Is somebody going to help me? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the first thing, like, I went, okay, I went over to these people's house the other day. They had a, uh, a Williams Solar Fire. Which is, uh, what a system, I want to say system six game. We're from 1980, 79 or 80. It's multi-ball. It's kind of a cool game, wide body game. And the lady says, I, I need you to fix it. It's sitting right in the middle of my garage floor. So I thought she meant it was sitting there on legs. So I get there 
and it's it doesn't have any legs, but the head is on. And I said, why isn't this game in your basement? And she said, well, it's not in the basement because the movers said that they, they couldn't move it. It was too big. It wouldn't fit. And I'm like, well, if they took the head off, <laughs> it's pretty easy to move. You know, so well, they, people don't know that. I mean, they move games with I've seen games in pickup trucks with the head and legs on and carting them off without taking the legs off. You've seen that. I've seen that like crazy. And it drives me nuts because you just worry about them making that first turn. And it ends up on the first corner. Well, it doesn't worry me. I just I'd like to watch it happen. <laughs> okay, well I got one. We went to an auction once, a pinball auction. They had video games, and a friend of mine bought this game. It was a boxing game, and it had two monitors in the head. I forget what that's called. It's it something like not punch out. Yeah, punch out. That's exactly what it was called. So we buy the thing, and we put it in the back of his pickup truck. And he only lived like five miles away. So so <laughs> only. Yeah, only. So he's only like five miles away. So we, we load the game into the back of his pickup truck, and we push it standing up, set up position, all the way forward towards the cab. And, of course, we didn't tie it down because we're only going five miles down the road. So only. I, you know, I'm following him in my car, and, you know, I, he knows how to get home, obviously, so I'm, I'm letting him drive in, in, his, in his pickup truck. And he gets on the highway, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why is he getting on the expressway? We didn't tie this thing down. <laughs> and he gets going. He cranks it up to about 65 miles an hour. And the thing tips <laughs> over, I mean, literally out the back. And he's got this apparatus that goes around for, like, holding uh, uh, ladders. And the thing tips over, and his, the monitor head hits the ground off the back of the truck. And the front, like where the leg levelers are, is wedged between the tailgate and this thing that holds ladders. And he's driving down the expressway while it's dragging down the And Clay starts screaming, gun it, gun it. What did he pay for this game? Oh, it was like 100 bucks or something at the auction. And it worked. Well, it did. It did. You know, so we pull over to the side. He actually notices that all this is happening. And I'm looking at him like, Ralph, are you, like, insane? What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, we'll just push it back up, and then I want you to ride in the back, and we'll come back and get your car. And I'm like, first off, I'm not leaving my car abandoned on the side of I-96 in Detroit. I don't think so. And second off, you're insane! <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't be abandoned for very long. Yeah. <laughs> that family of six would be living in it. <laughs> so did the game ever work after that? Yeah, we got it home, and it worked fine, actually. Uh, it was a little, little scraped up, obviously, but you know, just on the edges, <laughs> the corners. We'll go through this in a more systematic approach. All right, go uh, ahead. Like buying games at an auction. I mean, I think when you start out, you don't want to really buy a game at an auction. I think until your level of, of uh, expertise at repairing these things, because auctions can be dumping grounds. I mean, if you're going to get a game that's uh, working, you take more of a risk to do that. But a dead game. I think maybe uh, Shaggy might buy one. Eric might buy a dead game. But you want to see inside what's in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we all start out, and it seems like that's where we all start out from. We start out at these auctions. You get excited. You hear their schmeal before the auction starts. You get excited, and you now just got done paying 600 bucks for your first DM that doesn't even have a head. <laughs> Well, I did this once. I said, you know, I heard bad things about auctions, so what do I do? I, I take a car that I know I can't bring a game home in. I had barely enough money, no tools. I so still I, do that. I knew I, I couldn't get the thing home. What do I do? I buy a skill pool, Chicago coin, right, for 100 bucks, 
and then I, now I gotta get this thing out one day. So I give a guy 20 bucks to take it to my house. He takes it apart. Wait, wait, you found some schmuck to take it to your house for 20 bucks? Yeah. Can I have that schmuck's phone number? Can he follow me to every auction I go just, to? Man, he was just hired up for cash. So 20 bucks, he brought it right to my house. I mean, what a great guy. There's good people in pinball. They're not all like you. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but that was like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. That was about 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, 20 bucks would buy you a tank of gas back then. Yeah, nowadays, if you actually paid somebody to take a pinball machine home for you, they'd go to their home with it. <laughs> I was afraid he was going to do that. <laughs> okay, so what are things you should do when when you're thinking of buying a game? You should look at the price guide. There's two of them out there. Easy's got one, and uh, Dana's got one. And uh, they're a good general um, about information to buy pins, although the prices in those are kind of... Uh, questionable at times. I, I, I don't think they can quite evaluate every game, so they give uh, pretty much wholesale uh, uh, generalized values for machines, and they can fluctuate. In this market, is fluctuating right now. Yeah, but at the same time, they, they give you a good idea where to shoot for, so you're not paying $3,000 for a 1975 four-player EM. I agree. So what, what, when I think when you first start, you start acquiring games at the level of skill or a knowledge that you have to repair them or have others that you know repair them. I don't think you start off trying to uh, amass a huge collection or buying every game. You you don't want to necessarily go ahead and buy games to flip them and make money. Um, I, I think you need to develop some logic and some knowledge over time. So don't get too crazy in buying. I, I remember going out with Shaggy once and he bought 14 games in one day, took a trailer, and then he had to unload 14 games. He had no idea where he was going to put them, but he was just so excited on getting a deal for, like, I don't know, it was 700 bucks, and he got 14 EMs. So he just, and one was a one-ball horse racing game that weighed about 700 pounds, and, of course, all this was in a basement, and the only two of us were there to pick it up. And, and and it's and, and that's another thing. I you forgot about that. I forgot about that day. <laughs> I got one question for you, Shaggy. What? Have you ever bought one pinball machine without having somebody move it with you? <laughs> uh, um, uh, maybe no. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. I always buy a car that's too small, so I got to have friends like Eric around. You know. My thing was always buying pins that worked, so I kind of knew that. It, even if they didn't work or they were just getting going or they didn't work when I got home, they could be pretty easily fixed. You start buying dead games, I was always uncomfortable with that, missing parts and that. I wasn't always that. Not, Not me. Not yeah. me. <laughs> you got missing boards, hacked up games. You got games that certain uh, uh, people sell that we won't mention, that dump games at uh, auction, carcasses and bad boards. And, Eric, you must have uh, had this. Yeah, actually, you know what's very fortunate? You say there's good people out there. You want to meet those people because they will give you a heads up when you get excited <laughs> about a game. You're looking at a game like some high-end dollar game, and you're all excited and go, oh, yeah, well, it's missing that magnet assembly over there. Hey, Eric, just for the record, am I one of those good guys? Yeah, you are. Oh. You, you, but I've never stuck around with you in an auction. So Whoa, Why do you have your fingers crossed? <laughs> you saw that, huh? Yeah. So buying a, a sort of a poor or questionable game is good in the fact that you can always use it to upgrade. You know, if there's parts on it that you want to swap onto your other one, you have two Indiana Jones and you need a better glass, you need better ramps or wire forms or whatever it is, you can use that and, and you know, be honest about disposing it to the next guy. Um, so the things you should look for is uh, 
rust inside games. I'm not really keen on that. There's a lot of flooding and storms going on throughout this country and a lot of messed up games. You really don't want to uh, pursue rusted water damage cabinets, uh, mold, mildew smell. What the hell's going on over there? Although I know people in this room that will buy any game sight unseen with any condition, even mildew. For 50 bucks, absolutely. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> uh, you guys are nuts. I mean, it's, those are games that you're going to just dump on somebody else. You're not going to put a smelly game in your house like that, are you? Absolutely not. No. So I'm going to put that. it in your house I don't even first. I want to get started because then i got some sort of conscious dealing with people when I want to get rid of this crap. I got enough crap as it is, so I don't need more crap. Yeah, but if you sell it on eBay, you never have to see it again. Okay. All right. Well, we've, oh, Norm, on. do you have any more to say? Yeah, we got another page of crap to go. Oh through. my so, God! So you should be inspecting your games, even when you're buying it anywhere. I'm not just talking about um, auctions at all. You know, if you look at, like I said, your level of confidence, and I think as Eric and Shag will say that as you start out early, you know, you don't want to go ahead and buy these basket cases. It's just going to frustrate you. No matter how good you think your knowledge is and your skills are, that's not going to work. You should look at the back glass. You should uh, take it out if you can and look to see how much repairs are. You can always see that sometimes back glasses have been doctored up from behind. You light the thing up and they're all messed up. And, and you can't get caught up in the moment of, of these games and you get home and you find out the glass is missing paint or been painted poorly. Uh, one of the big things is check the size. You need to know what your house looks like and where you're going to put this thing. Everybody's made a mistake in buying too big of a game for a space they can't fit it in. And then trying to do absolutely insane things to your house. Such to, as? To try to get them in. Well, I bought a uh, puck bowler once. I, I needed, I wanted to get a ball bowler for years, and I ended up buying a puck bowler. And then it was three inches too big to get in my house. So I ended up taking the... So I end up, I had a friend who was good at work, working at games. So we, we cold chisel off the head, but we indexed it first with some screws. And then took the coin box off, and then I had a straight shot. Once I got that done, I uh, was able to open a bathroom window and put this thing through the bathroom window down a stairwell to get in the game. Now when I die, this guy's not going to know it, and they're never going to get this game out of the house, and they're going to be swearing at me, but I really don't care. Um, there's there's people I know about ball bowlers that couldn't have get them in their house. Shaggy's bought games, and I've had to come in here and get them into his house. He bought one game and wouldn't go and finally had to disassemble his staircase to get a game. <laughs> now, now, is that anything normal that anyone in their right mind would do? But my I staircase is now easily reversible into a game uh, loading zone. That's not really a normal thing that people should be doing is taking their houses apart. The other thing is, in some of these houses you go into, changes have been made in houses. You go to a house to buy a game in a in a basement, and you find out that you can't get it after lugging this thing up a flight of stairs, some 300-pound thing, that you got to remove the door molding. You know, people have done that, right, Eric? Uh, yeah. My wait, 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 I got a good story. Do you have a story, Eric? I'm yeah, sorry. but my back door of my house is now easily removable. The uh, molding that goes around it for the screen door and everything. What, this guy called me. This only happened a couple wait, of wait, months wait. ago. Wait, 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 but the, the more the time goes on, the longer the screws get to put them back together. <laughs> <laughs> this guy called me with a, uh, a Czechs, you know, ice hockey, you know, thing, the Czechs hockey thing. 
And, you know, he wanted at first a million dollars for it. And I told him, look, I'm only willing to pay this much, which was not much. And he finally said, okay, fine, come over and get it. So I'm like, okay. So I go over there. I actually brought my dad, who's 73 years old, because he has a pickup truck. And he was having to be visiting me. So we go over to the guy's house. This is in the winter. And, um, you know, like I said, just a few months ago. And, you know, I go down there, and there's the game, and sure enough, it works, and it, you know, it looks okay. And so I start disassembling it, so the, the, the head kind of comes off the game, the part with the dome on it. And I'm like, okay, let's turn it sideways, and let's get this out the door. And we get it up there, and, and we get that part out. So now it always leaves is the pedestal. So we go take that up the stairs, and it won't go. No matter how you turn the thing sideways, upside down, you know, at an angle, it doesn't matter. It's not going out. And I look at the guy. I said, "How did you get this in here?" And he goes, "I I didn't. I bought the house. It came. The game came with the house." And I'm like, "Did you finish the basement?" He goes, "Yeah, I finished the basement. It was just you know an empty basement when I got here. I you know I put the trim around it and, and everything." And I said, "Well, you locked the game in the in the basement. We can't get it out." He goes, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute." And he goes out to the garage and comes out with a crowbar. And he starts, like, ripping the molding off the, the door frame that goes between the basement stairwell up to his kitchen. And I'm like, I, I, I stopped the guy. I said, look, I don't really need to buy this game. I, I need another game. Like, I need a hole in my head. I've got three. This will be my third Czechs hockey. Why You've do I need three? have been saying that a lot lately. Yeah. Can I buy that off you now? Do you still have that Czechs hockey? Yeah, I do. I I've got buy that. my third Czechs hockey. Why do I need three? I don't know. You can get more out there. They're they're a tough. They're, those are checks. Hockey's are tough games to uh, to get out. I had problems getting one out with uh, Rick, but um, he's right. You got to know what you're where you're getting these games in and out of. Wait, wait, I didn't tell you. So I told the guy, look, I don't need to buy this, and he's like, you're buying it. He wanted this money, and it wasn't that much money. And so he just starts. I mean, he goes nuts. He starts taking the whole. You know, the nicely cased door apart that leads to his kitchen, he starts just taking apart like a wild man with this crowbar. Yeah, but you would have used a hammer instead of that crowbar. Well, he got, I mean, we only had a half inch to spare, but I got the game out. Did he get the house back together? Yeah. Oh, and this was the funny thing. I, I originally told him, I'll, I'll spill out the numbers. I told him I would give him between five and $600 for the game. And when it actually came time to pay him, which was before he ripped the door apart. I only had five hundred and seventy-five dollars with me because I told him between five and six. You know, I didn't mean six. Well, he thought that meant six, and of course, me that meant five. So I brought enough money in my eye, and to him, I didn't bring enough money. So I still owed him twenty-five dollars, and I'm like pushing this thing in the car. I'm like, Grandpa, get that freaking thing started. Get out of here as quick as possible. I'm not giving him that twenty-five, and I'm like yelling out the back, "See ya!" And he's like, "Where's my twenty-five dollars?" How'd you work off that twenty-five bucks? How did you barter that off? Any other services? No other services. You know, lie. (laughs) So other things you should consider, and I know I have a. A stairwell with a uh, with a base that I've pre-measured and made a template for any kind of game that I know how I can put it on this template. I know the size, the largest footprint this thing can make, spin this game around, and move it around. So those are things you got to do. You got landings in that. You got to know what your size is, and before you make some crazy purchase. Another thing you got to consider is is weight. You should really research weight of of some of the games, like. Uh, Wood rails aren't usually too bad. I've taken a 30s wood rail apart myself, uh, take the play field out, 
and I've uh, taken the game down myself. And that's another thing you should consider doing is to re- reduce your weight. You can disassemble the game. You can remove the head off of the, you know, these new solid state uh, games. Not many people usually do that. They take them intact, but you can take the head off. And wait, and wait, you don't it. need to take the head off. Sure, you, I mean, no, I, no. All you got to do on the new solid states where the games where the heads slide down, down the stairs. Right? No, no. All you do is loosen the head and rotate the head ninety degrees. That way, you don't have to disconnect all the wiring. But that's still, I mean, I'm talking about reducing weight in certain instances. I'm talking about not being able to get it through a doorway. I'm talking about reducing weight if you have people that are worried about hurting themselves taking games. Listen, down I'm not having your frickin' grandpa mold my games for me down in the basement. When's the last time you moved the haunted house down the flight of stairs? Well, that head comes off. That one's well, not a big deal. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I took a haunted ha- house completely apart. I took the play fields out, took the cabinet through the head apart and then reassemble it just because i was tired i'm getting tired of moving games i'm getting to be real old and i don't want to kill myself i most kill two people with the jukeboxes so you really should should research the weight the pinball machine two to three people to move one of those up and down a flight of stairs a jukebox three people and a hand cart a good hand cart something with stair climbers an industrial one like something at u-haul that you go and rent for about 10 bucks yeah, I don't know about moving jukeboxes, but I'll tell you this. You put on about 100 pounds, and it's a lot easier to counterbalance yourself against a pinball machine. I pull those things up a flight of stairs now with no problem. But your heart is not the same. You're going to lose. You're going to have a heart attack doing it. I, I bought a wood rail from a lady once and didn't bring a hand truck with me, of course. And I, by myself, took the game all apart. And, and and moved it up her out of her basement stairs all by myself because she was like 100 years old. And, you know, I mean, what I did is I bear hugged, I set the body headless and legless on its butt, set it up, and I would bear hug it and lift it up one stair at a time, one stair at a time by bear hugging it and bringing it up each of the basement stairs. Okay, that's even dumb in my eyes, okay? <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think you should have just taken the uh, play field out, glass out, Taking it out in parts. This, this lady was scaring me. I, I just couldn't She's get out of there. Scaring what she would have kicked your ass. She's a hundred years yeah. old. No, no. I mean, not that kind of like she was sharpening knives while I was the uh, sharpening knives while I'm moving this thing out of there. I just couldn't. I wanted to get out of there as quick as possible. Well, I bought a Seaberg uh, jukebox, the biggest All right. one. They, well, just they make, and, and I almost killed two people. Drop. I could have dropped this on. Another thing is bowlers are another thing. You want to have three people moving a bowler. When you take in a band box like we took, when Shaggy didn't, Shaggy left because he had a hurt back. We had five <laughs> people lifting this thing. It had to be over seven hundred pounds. Three people pushing it from the back. It just Two a, people to let people know what this is. It was a music box, one of those ones like Marvin collects that has like a giant compressor a in it. Yeah, and, and the thing like you know, it's like uh, uh, you, you know. It was huge. It weighed a ton. I knew it. I couldn't get out of there quick enough. And a bunch of people that saw that on eBay, you can't fathom how big this thing is. It's yeah. amazing. No, and that wasn't even what I was talking about, Eric. That thing. That wasn't. This thing was like that times a hundred. What, what we're talking about. So we're looking at that thing weighed six to seven hundred pounds. And now, Topcast is happy to present. I survived System Eighty, presented by the man with all the answers, Curve. Hey everyone, it's Curb with a quick System 80 tech tip. 
This tip has to do with dip switches mounted on the CPU board in line of four packs of eight switches. Most System 80 CPU mounted feature adjustable dip switches are blue in color and work fairly well. But in the Mars God of War era, you can sometimes find red dip switches. These red switches are junk and should be replaced without even bothering to test them. They work spotty at best and will give you headaches when trying to figure out what's going on when the game starts doing odd things. Just replace them with modern dip switches and be done with it. It's a good idea to test all the dip switches and switch diodes at the same time with the CPU board out. CPU board is going to be out more than once anyway, so take a few minutes to perform these tests. Close all the dip switches and put your digital multimeter in diode test. Test each diode through the dip switch. Any abnormal reading should have the focus put on either part as being defective. Don't forget to check out the System 80 repair guides and the great This Old Pinball DVDs at Marvin3M.com. Shoot Shaggy an email if you have a System 80 tech tip you want us to cover. All right, we're back. Norm, are you finished with your damn story? God. No, we got more to talk about. Oh, come on, we Norm. Talk about the tools that you got to take in. Oh, there. please, Norm. These people know this stuff. No, they don't. You, you j- well, fine. You don't want to talk about it? Eric, come back. Eric, where are you, where are you going? Come back, Eric. So put this guy under control. Picking up White Castles. <laughs> I'm going home. Norm won't <laughs> shut up. All right, just tell us the hatchback story, Mr. Shaggy. Oh. How you broke the hatch. On your car, on your wife's car, because you loaded up a uh, a. Uh, it was a gun, gun game. game. It was a gun game. We went over to a guy's place here in Detroit, and he had um, I don't know. We were buying a couple gun games and um, a pinball, and I basically called Rob and Norm. I called all my friends because they all had to take at least one game, one way or another. They were taking a game. Only he, one guy showed up, and that was me. And no, I didn't get a game. Rob came. He took a game, but I didn't get anything. Well, you should have. It's not my fault. You were bitching and moaning about somebody died or something. I don't remember what it was. But yeah. just a friend. <laughs> yeah. Cold-hearted bitch. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, a friend of mine died. So it was more important to go move a, an old mildewed, mildewed game out of a guy's basement. They've been there for 25 years. It was years. a walkout, though. Oh, yeah. It was a walkout basement. Well, anyway, so this is gun game, and Norm's looking at it going, and this is going to fit in there. And I'm like, it's going to fit in the back of my hatchback car. It's going to fit. Why wouldn't it fit? You know, and he keeps telling me it wouldn't. Because you want it to fit. So that's why it's supposed to fit. Well, anyways, so I get the thing in there, and we're pushing and prodding, but a third of it is hanging out the back. Right? Wouldn't you say easily a third? Mm, well, you couldn't shut the hatch properly. Right. I couldn't shut the hatch. So we tied it down with a bunch of rags and other crap, and then i driving down... The expressway 696 and the hatch was kind of bobbing a little bit, bobbing a little bit. Wasn't it raining? Yeah, and it was raining. Bad. And and, and that's fine. No one wants to hear me, anyways. Yeah. Well, what? I don't want to tell this story. So he's driving down the expressway in the rain, and his hatchback just explodes. When he's driving 65, and you got it. Then he gave some cockamamie story to his wife how. You know, this glass broke on his car, and I don't know. What was the, what did you, what was your lame excuse? No comment. Thank you. He was too strong, and he just shut it too hard. And shattered that tempered glass. 
you know, this is why I he don't want to have talk. anything to wait, talk. Wait, wait, stop. We're running an ad. No. Topcast is brought to you by Pinball Life. Give your pinball machine new life with parts from Pinball Life. We ship pinball parts worldwide. Pinball Life is located in the great city of Chicago. Their phone number is 773-202-8758. We have an open door policy, and you're welcome to call us with your questions and concerns. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Their website is at pinballlife.com. Pinball Life. No hassles, just the parts you need best. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the arcade. Hi, people, it's the Corn, and welcome to this week's version of the Conundrum. Here's how the game works. I give ten clues about a game's identity. That's up to the listeners, that's you, to call in and guess what game it is. Pretty simple, right? If nobody gets it, I keep giving more and more clues until someone nails it. What is this week's prize, Shaggy? This week's prize is whatever crap we got. I got Cliffy protectors. I got Topcast stickers. I've got all kinds of junk. All right. Let's play. DVDs. Clue number one. This game uses the Brian Schmidt Mousetrap 2000 or BSMT 2000 sound system. Accordingly, the sounds on this game were done by Brian Schmidt. It's a black hole. (laughs) Number two. This game was designed by the Motley Committee of Joe Kamikow, Ed Sabula, Lonnie Rop, and Lyman Sheets. Gee, can you, who's it made Number by? three. On the house. If you know your pinball history, you know that with those people in the design team, that means that this game must be a Data East or a Sega machine. And I'm not going to tell you which, because it doesn't matter, because they're the same company. Clue Black number four, <laughs> during multiball, this game shows animations of big-breasted women hugging clowns. I'm not making it up. It really does show that. Oh, black hole. And clue number five, as usual. Listen, Imus. A whole bunch of sounds from this game in no particular order. What are you looking at me for? I have no idea. Christmas. Black hole. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra ball. Think you know what it is? Then call in. Shaggy, give them the phone number just in case they've forgotten. one 800 That's 1-800. Give us a call and let us know what you think it is. So, Norm, do you know what it is? I, I haven't been listening to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we may have someone who might be. It can't, nobody could have called I that I know what quick. it is. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's, we're going to take the first caller. Here we go. Hello, you're on the air on Topcast. Hi, this is Ethan. Hi, Ethan. Where are you from, I Ethan? A, yeah, I have a guess. Sure. Is it uh, the Who's Tommy? Oh my God! That, you know, was that too? Was it too easy? Well, we heard the uh, extra, extra. We heard some Christmas because we love the album. Saw the Who live, so we knew the songs. Good for you. You know, you got this damn thing first try. Good for you. What do you want? What prize? Yeah, well, Ethan, we got. We got Cliffy protectors. We got top DVDs. We got pins and vids DVDs. We've got 
Top Cast stickers? What, 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 what's your heart's desire? Um, thinking classic protectors. Do you have uh, ramp protectors? I don't think I have. I only have hole protectors. We've also got the system System Eleven showcase too. The famous hyper thin Cliffy protectors. Who's I... sending me Earthshaker protectors right now? <laughs> yeah, good. So, is there anything there that you want? Uh, I think got AFM protectors. Got Funhouse except for the ramp. But I'll just email you and let you know because I gotta think about it. Okay. Well, Talk let us know. Dad. Let us know what you want. But th- and thank right. you for Ethan for calling. I appreciate it. Where are you calling from? Right. Where, where? I'm from Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. What's Sounds it like good. out there? Is it snowing or raining or what? Pouring. It's pouring. Good. It's are you glad now, Norm? Is yeah, it? Yeah, they got that big storm out there. Air. I'm just looking out for these people in the pinball world. Nice. You could care less about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, Ethan. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. All right, well, you know, I almost feel bad. I'm going to have to run now the remaining uh, clues just because we corn put so much work into these. Clue number six. A few of these machines spent a brief period on Broadway. Ooh, that Clue made number it seven. easy. Prototype machines had six bumpers. Production machines have only three. Clue number eight. This game features a Union Jack prominently on the playfield. Now he's just giving a full place away. Clue number nine. This game's predominant color is yellow. Clue number ten. This game features a disco ball for a topper. Oh, guess who? Well, that group from Canada, right? It features a giant vacuous hole. Think you know what it is? Then call in. Shaggy, give them the phone number just in case they forgot. No, they had the phone number once already. People are going to need to call in again for other stupid things. or yep, that's Maybe right. they can give us a stupid story of them moving a game and tell us one of their best stupid stories. If you stories. want to call in with a tech question or with one of your goofy moving games yeah, stories. Yeah, and if it's good enough, we'll give you, we'll give you a prize. Oh, yeah, there you go. 1-800-375-2529. Okay, you can, give, you can give us a call. 1-800-375-2529. No super secret access code anymore? No, we're not, we're not doing that this time. Okay, here's the answer. To the conundrum this week. Tommy by Data East. Pinball with it. I like that. I like it when he does this. Until next week, this is the Corn signing off. Hoping you had fun playing He does a great job. He really does. Much better than me or you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was really well done. I like that. That was nice, corn. I mean, I, you got to put, you got to give corn a, a, a thumbs up on that one. What do you, what did you think, Eric? I thought it was great. He does such a good job all the time, you know. And I just come over here to drink the diet pop. He's well, one of my favorite. Is more like it. He's one of my favorite vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. We're gonna take it. Hi, welcome to Topcast. Hi, it's Al. Al? Yes. Yes. I have a, uh, I have a stupid uh, moving, moving store. <laughs> Al, I'm going to put you on hold. Hold on a second. Okay. Hold on. Hi, how are you? I'm on, t- you're on, I'm on top guest. You are too. How's it going? Good. Yeah, yeah. we met in Chicago. Do you want a goofy moving story? Sure. Yeah. We went to Kalamazoo in, uh, in a Mini, in a Mini Cooper with uh, two adults and two kids so that we wouldn't buy a machine. <laughs> on purpose then sounded like me we did that on purpose last year so that we wouldn't buy a pinball machine and let me guess you bought one no instead we got a slot machine that wouldn't fit in the mini 
<laughs> so what'd you do? Drag it behind it on like little four little casters? Oh, we took it apart. We jammed half in the trunk and half in between the front seat, the back seat, the two kids in the back seat, and the adults, and we crossed back into Canada. And the border looked at us like we were stupid. <laughs> what did you? How did you declare that? We told them it was pinball parts. And did they buy it? Yeah, we went right through. And then you didn't have to pay any duty? No. Lucky you, because it's made in the U.S., right? No, they they're imports from. Japan or something. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, skill stop. So they would have, in theory, you should have paid tax, right? We well, should have paid something. We're reporting you right now. Yeah, yeah they just went through. We're sending this to the customers. That's a good story. Do we, do we get his name and we find the stupidest one and then reward him, or are you going to give him some? Yeah, you know what? Send me an email, shaggy at marvin3m.com, and we'll send you some uh, uh, TopCast stickers. Okay, cool. I, I know that's not, you know, a big prize, but, well, we got to send it across the border. It's not like I'm going to send you anything, you know, huge, right? Some a DVD. Well, you gave me DVDs at uh, Chicago. Oh, okay. Well, good. Then, you know, you're good for it. Yeah, we'll send you some stickers. Then we're ahead of the game. Okay. All right, man, thanks. thanks. All right, bye. Let's see, if, let's see if Al stayed. Al, you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> we, got, we kept you hanging, but give us your story, Al. Well, I was at this auction, and I met these people, people who would remind their first game it was a Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, I, and I'm standing there looking at them, and they just bought it. And I was like, you know, how are you getting it home? They said, well, we got a van. I said, okay. So the first thing you want to do is take off the antlers on the top so they don't get broken. So I, they did that. And I, and I said to them, now, the first, next thing you want to do is you want to bend the head down. You want to put a strap around it. And then you want to take the back legs off. And then you want to put it, put it down on the ground then take the front legs off. So I come back about a half hour later, and I see the game sitting up on the top of two folding chairs. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I walk over, and I look at this. Oh, with no legs on? Just sitting there with these two folding chairs, and it's on the, the, the on the back, you know, the, the, the part your your back goes against. It's actually set up on top of them. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what are they going to do now? I mean, I just can't figure out how they're going to get it out of here. So I walked away. I just walked away. <laughs> that's nice. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't like give him any help. I would put the legs back on and start all over. Yeah, well, they could have done that, but you know, it was funny. I thought it was funny. Well, that's good, Al. They weren't Polish, were they? That's my story. That's what you are, Norm. So, okay. Well, hey, thanks, Al. Sure, no problem. All right, take care. Take care, bye. You know they're not Armenian. <laughs> Once again, if you want to call in with uh, one of your stories, or you got a tech question, or anything, uh, well, wait, we're gonna take a call right now. Okay, here, they, here we come. Hi, you're on Topcast. Hey, Clay, it's corn. Our favorite vegetable! <laughs> okay, I have a dumb moving story, and it doesn't even involve a, ve a vehicle. Okay, go on. Okay, I have my high speed in my living room. It was back when I lived in an apartment. And I bought another game, so I had to kick it into my second bedroom. And I'd never moved a... So I, I, wait, 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 did you just swear something? Wait, wait, Corn, hold, hold on a second. Hold on, just hold on, don't go anywhere, hold on. Okay. Hello, are you on TopCast? Hi, uh, I was I was wondering, uh, Shaggy, Eric, and uh, Norm, what's your favorite uh, pinball game from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and from 2000 un until now? You know, name name one from each uh, decade. Besides Black Hole? <laughs> That's Eric's game for all time. It's just Black Hole. And why is that your favorite, Eric? It's not my favorite. I just like saying it. <laughs> I would say, I would say. let me see, mine would be a Fireball, uh, probably a Haunted House, and uh, Monster Bash. 
What you got anything from the current from you know from Stern in its current lineup? No, I'm not too keen on Stern, but uh, give me some time. I'll think about it. Okay, I'll give you mine. Mine is four million BC from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Captain Fantastic too, but four million BC from the eighties. Let me think. From the I, the eighties doesn't do a lot for me, but I'd probably say Bonsai Run would be from the eighties. From the nineties, everybody's gonna laugh at me. They are just gonna laugh when I say this. I like Cactus Canyon. <laughs> and then from the current Stern lineup, um, let's see the current Stern lineup. I I I don't uh, you know I actually kind of like the Family Guy thing to be honest with you. I kind of do. What about you, Eric? Uh, well, from let's start with the current Stern is my favorite is Lord of the Rings, and I'm I know everybody likes Simpsons. I'm not a big fan of that, but Lord of the Rings is my favorite. Um, '90s Circus Voltaire. Um, '80s. I'd probably have to say Black Hole. <laughs> I really would. I love that. It really game. does yeah, like saying that. <laughs> and uh, uh, but there's a real old woodrail. What about yes? Oh, okay. Go on. Nags. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. That's year from that 1960. Is. Nags is from 1960. What norm? I was the first guy to get one of those, and then everybody wants one. It's a pile on. It pile is. on. Everybody wanted one. Shaggy ended up getting one. Rick got one, and now Eric wants Excellent. one. <laughs> everybody likes that one. Why do you ask all these questions of us? Yeah, why do you ask these questions of us? I'm just wondering. I know uh, you don't, you don't uh, really like newer games, Shaggy, but uh, just oh. wondering which... I like all games and press, pre, pre, prejudiced at all. Hey, I think they're all great. They're, everything has great things to offer, even the Stern. I just haven't been playing much uh, pinball lately in the newer places. But uh, Eric has. I have. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks for calling. We still got. Uh, I still left corn on the on the online, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Okay. All right, man. Th- hey, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Let's talk to yep. Corn's father, Pop. You bastard, Gorn! He hung up on us. Let's call him on a cell. <laughs> I would hang up on you too if you if you dissed me and put me on hold. <laughs> no, he's supposed to hang on hold. That was the whole purpose. No, you know what? If, tell him if he doesn't call back right now, I'm giving out a cell number on the air. <laughs> Speaking of numbers, okay, here's ours one eight hundred. And if you want to call in, you got a tech question or anything. Norm, we've got some tech questions here. You know that people have emailed to us. Okay, so I'm gonna like. Uh, Read them off to you. We got this guy, Frank. Oh man, pass on Tinto. I mean, I didn't say that. Pass, please call back. <laughs> it says I have your DVD. He has one of them. It's great. He didn't say which one though. But help me fix my Aztec for my home. Uh, I've enjoyed it so much. I bought a Royal Flush too. So Aztec is a Williams EM. So I bought the I think machine. There's a, a double entendre in this letter. <laughs> I bought I bought the machine a month ago. Guy says the score motor keeps running. Just finished going through all the switches. Found a few problems that I fixed. Put everything back, and the machine is in tilt. All it says tilt. That's all I can get it to say. I read somewhere that these machines show tilt when they are in standby. EMs in standby. Okay. So yeah, that's right. A lot of Williams EMs when you turn them on. They're on. They will I say hope that's corn. Yeah, here we go. Here we're going to take them. Hold on. Here we're going to take Hello, you're on TopCast. Hi, Frank. How are you? Frank, is this you that we're talking about now? No, it's not me. Oh, okay. Guy. I emailed you a while back about uh, something. I forgot, but I didn't get a response. 
Just for you. I heard my name on the radio, but it wasn't me. Yeah, welcome uh, the to the club. The question I basically have is just about finding the games and stuff and knowing what's worth repairing and not, and how do you guys decide that? How do I decide that personally? Yeah, well, how do you find, A, how do you find the games? Go around looking to find the games, and then B, what do you think is, what you look for going into the games, whether it's worth repairing or not, besides the obvious playfield stuff. And that's the stuff that you decide you're going to keep or not. Well, finding the games is uh, its part of the fun. I mean, you can look at classified ads in the paper and try to get estate sales. There's a ton of that stuff laying around. There's operators. You can go through uh, yellow pages and, and look. Uh, one thing would be to actually go to your library, your local library. Look for yeah, some. Basically, I'm going with uh, going on Craigslist and stuff and checking the classifieds. I'm in the New York area, and everybody just wants a lot for these machines. No, I'm so saying you, what you need to do is go to your old uh, local library and and go back in the 80s, 90s. Local what? He's just library. going to the library and, to, and look at the old yellow pages out of the library and, and call under, up old operators. Yeah, look under amusement devices. Okay, okay, I'll give you a better idea. This is way better than that. It's way less work too. Yeah, no, that is an eBay. Okay, what what I used to do, I used to do this all the time, and it worked really well. Is is go to, I don't. What part are you near? New York City. Yeah, near New York City. Put it in the paper. Yeah, I, I put a wanted ad, wanted to buy in like the little the little papers. I mean, you're going to have to get away from New York City and go up, you know, upstate a bit. You know, mm-hmm. figure out how long you're willing to drive. You yeah. know, like if you're willing to drive an hour, you know, to Poughkeepsie. Then you put an ad in the little, either the buy and sell or those little trader, those shopper papers. The local mm-hmm. paper. You know, and they're usually like, they're, and never pick a daily paper. Always sure. the weeklies. It's got to be a weekly paper that comes out just once a week. And usually it's like three or five bucks to run a, like a 15 or a 20 word ad. And you put one at the buy, uh, broken pinball machines, any condition. You have to say any condition because otherwise people will say, Nobody's going to want this piece of junk I got when it's really like a mint nags or something. Okay, yep. now now that Shaggy you know, I mean, gave away my seat. Do you guys have the, uh, on, the, um, on the videos and stuff, do you guys have these containers? How, what do you You just import them from Europe, and how does that work? Yeah, but that party's over. That, yep. par- that party's over. Well, I, nobody's going to be, con- you know, it's hard to import stuff now. That window of opportunities closed. A lot of those games, the good games are gone. They've been gone over the last seven years. I mean, you can still get it, but... The condition and uh, is is very poor. Yeah, container and you're, games. You're going to overpay yeah. so much. Yeah. When we used to get games, they were running. If you can believe this, anywhere from two hundred to five hundred dollars from. Oh, uh, I remember getting uh, container games for a hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, we got like anything from a Popeye for a hundred bucks to Twilight Zones are running six seven hundred dollars for Twilight Zones. But that, that that window is is gone unless. So so the, so the next question is how much do you decide what to pay for these things? I mean that, that's that's, well, that's the up next to you. Question. I mean, I mean that's, yeah, that's that's what your your comfort level mm-hmm. with. I mean when you're running the ads in the paper saying I buy games any condition, I used to put I would pay anywhere from I would say up to and then a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, and that would really you know. And the reality is, is that you would never end up paying that much, and yep. you know it would bring a lot of stuff out of the woodwork that I think was really cool, especially old EMs. I know three guys that put classified ads in the papers. Shaggy's one, another two other friends, and every one got responses. You're going to get weird responses. You're going to have somebody that gets a uh, home use only fireball. You're going to get kids uh, pinball machines that are spring loaded marble games. They're going to call you about all this stuff, but you're going to weed through it. You're going to get a lot of video games. 
But it, but you're going to get hits. I had friends that hit on games that were worth fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, but you got a fifteen. I, I just don't know what's it worth spending. I mean, I, I don't want to spend like if it's. Um, well, go out and you're going to have to I'm spend a couple hundred bucks. What is worth some money that you don't? I, how do you gauge the? You mean the how do you when you go and look at the, the game? Families in the nineties games, it's easy to see. Right. The older ones, like the older ballets and. EMs. I want to get an EM or two to start fooling around with more to play with. I don't know what the get the cla- the get the guides. Or, get Larry Bice's guide or, uh, or what's the ballpark to look at. Well, you get the guides out. They'll they'll be they'll be accurate. They come out every year. It's really your comfort yeah. level. Me as a general rule, any pinball machine is going to be worth a hundred bucks. So or, or 50, well, 50 to one hundred bucks. So I always start there. No matter what people call up with, it's like yeah, you know that wasn't exactly what I'm looking for, but. It, Fifty bucks would buy it. I mean, you know, and, and then you know, I always kind of look at worst case scenario. If it's a parts game, you know, you, you we'll know, the parts alone just to take it and strip it apart and sell it. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. You know, yeah, like so. the Mister Pinball price guy is pretty good. It gets you a good starting point. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you, like Clay said, there's such a wide range on these games. You go and show up, and just depending upon their cosmetic condition, you start there. And yeah, if you're guys like us that work on your own games, you don't care what the mechanical is. All right. I guess this. I mean, I had a guy. I'll, I'll tell you the story. I don't know if you guys want to hear this. I had an old 78 Ballys, and it was in my parents' basement for years, and they, they didn't want to fix it. It didn't work. We wasn't sure it worked. And my brother had a uh, $6 million man, both the same error. And I called a guy in here to take a look at them. He goes, Dad, they're charging 100 bucks to take a look at them. Each one was on my house, one was on my brother's house. He goes, they're not worth anything, but I'll give you a hundred bucks to get your money back. I said, this is ridiculous. I know they're worth more than that. And I started searching around. I found your videos and gone through stuff. Make a long story short, I spent a, about thirty dollars on my machine to get it working. The um, the soundboard was basically the uh, the pins were loose. I just resolder them and got it working and play around some light bulbs and everything was fine. And the other one, I replaced the MPU board, and I just have to uh, work on the uh, the driver board when the cylinders are sticking, and that should be it. Well, the thing but is, there's, is it, there's a lot of people, like I said, going around here and they just make these offers. And well, he was looking to buy your games. Try to take advantage of you because I know what you can have. Exactly, he was looking to buy games but, cheap and resell them. So yeah, that, either resell it or whatever. But me, he, was just, me, he, was, he was a crook, and I thought he was a crook. Me, I'm just looking to buy games cheap to, to hoard. Eric, yeah. Eric was just counting all the games in my basement, and he was like, "What did you say to me, Eric?" A hundred and two or three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> set up in 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 working in my basement. Yeah, are you yeah. married by chance or no? Yeah, I am actually. I don't let her come in the basement though. His oh, name I, is I, I'm not allowed that. I mean, I've got three now, and like I said, just working and building them up. There's, if I get four or five, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, what about Eric? Does my basement look like a dump? No, you can't walk around in it, though. <laughs> well, Eric's kind of a large man. I'm I'm smaller, so I get around fine. Hey, I dropped sure. 20 pounds from my belly to my butt last month. <laughs> not anywhere else, though? I took his wallet off of his <laughs> shoes. Get it from my belly to my butt. That's yeah. where the weight... Uh, never mind. Okay, good. I, I hope we. I hope we helped. You we know. helped a lot. I mean, it's great. Listen to you guys. Read the shows. I, I really appreciate everything you do. I mean, those those videos are awesome. I mean, you have a warped sense of humor just like I do. Just keep it up, and uh, <laughs> love to hear you guys again. I'll give you a call soon. All right, man. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Those guides are real helpful. They give you a wide. You know, you want to pay as little as possible. You got to know the market. You got to know the feel for each person buying it. You know, yeah. I and mean, some people, people are, want an astro- astronomical amount of money for a game, and you yeah, got to level walk. with them. Yeah, and, and you just mm-hmm. walk. And I mean, if it's a game you really want, bring the price guide with you, and you can actually show them the price guide. And don't and, insult and anybody. Yeah, and well, unlike me. Hi, you're on Topcast. 
I, uh, I was wondering if, if you guys knew, uh, I have two, uh, bingo machines, one's from 78 and one's from 80, and I, I noticed that the play field from the 78 is actually made of, uh, plywood, but the one from 80 is, is more like a plastic. Does that go with, uh, pinball games too? When you say plastic, you mean it's actually like an acrylic? Yeah, like, uh, and, and this is a bingo, not a pinball, but a bingo? Yeah, bingo machines. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen that before. They actually, during the seventies, I've seen um, a couple manufacturers experiment with a you know acrylic plastic play fields. There was actually a couple games that that um, you know that, that had them. I mean, I don't see it often. What's uh, who made the bingo? Uh, the book made by Bally. By, I'm sorry, by say by who? Bally. By Bally. Okay. Yeah, I mean Bally was making bingos as gambling devices. You know, into the eighties. Um, I don't know a lot about them, though. Do you, Norm? Well, I think they're still making them in Europe. Belgium is still big on bingos. I yeah. Think pretty, in Germany, I think they're still being made out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it happens. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, you know, would I want one? That's a whole other story. But, you know, I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it happened. Well, does that go with the uh, pinball game soup in that area, or is it just bingo? No, no. I mean, a couple manufacturers experimented with that, but um, yeah, there Orbiter was one. yeah Orbiter One. Aside from Orbiter One, I mean, there was I think Sonic or somebody uh, experimented with uh, with plastic playfields, but it didn't get real far. Um, they got rid of that because of the screws were stirping out, weren't they? Yeah, there was a problem with uh, attaching parts from the underside. You know, wood was just a lot more versatile for for allowing stuff like that. So, you know, hope that helps. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, you take care. Thanks. Bye. That was a kind of a different question. Sure. Corn, will you please call us? <laughs> Corn, please call. I'd hate to give out that number. Oh, 1-800, and just in case anybody really wants to call, or is even listening, you know, what it, you know but we want Corn to call back. Please, Corn. We didn't get your story, and we were pretty insulted that you hung up on us. He's still on hold. <laughs> no, he isn't. He isn't. Anyways, anyways, the guy that was with the, the tilt switches that was calling, or with the tilt, where his Williams game Aztec. was in tilt. Yeah, on his Aztec, on his EM Aztec. Yes, that is very common for Williams games. Most of them, when you turn them on, what it does is it pulls in the tilt relay as to, as a method so that uh, the last game that you were playing is is fully done and over. Um, that's that's real common. Um, you know, well, does the game stay in tilt? Well, you know, make, put some credits on it, man, or set the thing on free play and get rocking and rolling. All right, we got another call here. Hold on. Hi, you're on Topcast. All right, you want the story this time or not? Well, don't hang up <laughs> on you. us. Thank you. Thank you very what, much. What is wrong with you? Why'd you hang up on us? Chicken. No, no, no. You hung up on me. No, I didn't. Hank, I'm in your corner, Corn. He's an a-hole. <laughs> anyway, you want the story or not? Please. Yeah, go on. Go on. Well, come on. Spit it out. All right, so I have a high speed in my living room. which is my, It's my first game, and I buy my second. So i got to give, you know, i got to move it into my second bedroom, which obviously never had a pinball in it. So I flop the head of the high speed down, and I break out the measuring tape. Go to the door. And I measure it, and I figure out that if I completely remove the door and the hinges, I'll have exactly enough room to slide this thing through the door sideways. So my wife and I, we, we break down the high speed. We get it up on its end. We, we get it into the doorway, and I push, and it doesn't go anywhere. 
I sort of neglected to remember that there is a hinge on the back of the back box. So what happens is the game is now, there is no part of the game actually touching the floor anymore because it's absolutely wedged inside of this room. So long it's story still short, there. the door frame lost. I just pushed like crazy and, you know, when I, when I moved out, I had to replace some trim and, you know, white out over the whole thing. Oh, oh yeah, this is good too. Once, um, my, well, this is a bit of a personal story. We'll, we'll have to edit out of the final version of this. But for some reason, my wife had a headache, and I was really mad. Do you know what I'm saying here, Norm? Not tonight. Yeah, not tonight, honey. And I got really mad. And so there was a, I was living in an apartment, so this was when I was in my 20s, and the testosterone levels were real high. And I actually punched a hole in the closet door. And so when we moved, you know, they do that, that security deposit. I just spun the door around. You punched a hole in the closet door with your... Yeah. Oh, my fist, okay? Oh, oh, I thought you were supposed to just cover up that hole with toothpaste. <laughs> Anyways, I guess that really doesn't have anything to do with your story, though, Corn. No, not a whole lot, but, you know, hey, it's all good. Thanks yeah. for calling. <laughs> Does that mean Norm's trying to get rid of you? No, no, you can keep talking. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thanks, Corn. Is there anything else we need to know? Uh, well, tips, unless you want more tips on how to get, get out of your security deposit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's another one? Yeah, what's another one? Uh, if you, if you, uh, if you make, like, really tiny holes in your walls, like, say, like, you put up a picture and now uh, you took the anchor back out. Or you got a dartboard. And your walls are white. Yeah. Use toothpaste. Oh, that's what Norm was talking about. I just said that. I, I said was... the toothpaste. <laughs> no, no, not I was talking about I punched a hole in the closet door. The toothpaste well, isn't going to work. There's a lot of toothpaste. Well, nothing's going to work if you're a meathead like that. <laughs> it was know, a brown it's... door. How is toothpaste going to help? If you're at least, you know, a somewhat sane Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know. it, 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 Nor, Norm's got a tip. You know, if, if you've got a brown closet door and you and you, you got put holes in it from things in it, you could use crap. Is that what you're going to tell me next? You know? I figured he was going to just yes. say hang up, hang up a piece of his underwear in front of it. <laughs> i got a tip for all you landlords out there. Don't rent to these guys. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks, Corn. We appreciate the call. All right, later. Bye. <laughs> well, why didn't you ask him? How did he? Norm wants to know how you got that name, Corn. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're done for today, gentlemen. Wait, wait. I got a tech tip for you. What? What? Or it's a, a repair story. Yeah. Okay. Whitewater. I was working on. Somebody was working on before. Oh no! This is over. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for for calling in today and giving us no. Shut up, Eric. I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, we're all done. Another episode of Topcast. We appreciate everybody calling in and everybody that contributed to the show. We really do appreciate all that. And just so you know, there is another show tonight at nine o'clock. Oh, we've got a, a, a great lineup, a double header today. So this is all from Topcast, and thank you again, Norm and Eric A, for showing up. It's hard to believe they actually came. (laughs) And good night.